Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast, your weekly insight into Ireland sport. Plenty to talk about this week, chat on triathlon, golf and rugby to come, along with a full interview with racing driver Seb Preo about his first World Championship season. I'm Tony Kerr and alongside me, as ever, is Gareth the Prevo. Hi, Tony. Uh, great to see you, Gareth. Uh, it has been a really busy week, hasn't it? Um, we've been obviously trying to follow a lot of local sport, a lot of international sport as well. So trying to pick my jaw up off the floor from... Uh, watching England batter the ball around uh, against Pakistan this morning? I think it's fair to say I don't think we'll ever record a podcast where England has scored 500 on the first ever test match ever before or again. So, you know, it's an amazing achievement, really. Yeah, note it down. Yeah, I, I must admit, I um, I'm perhaps shouldn't admit this in front of any bosses or anything, but I did have my uh, Skygo on my phone watching it this morning while trying to work as well, and uh, I didn't get much work done, to be fair. Yeah, I don't blame you. Ridiculous <laughs> stuff, ridiculous stuff. Um, yeah, I mentioned Seb Prio's World Championship. We're going to be hearing uh, from him in a minute uh, reflecting on uh, what's been a, a fantastic year for him but talking about world championships we've got to start with triathlon and um, the great news from the Middle East um, over the weekend um, Megan Chapel topping the podium in the world triathlon age group championships um, a world champion then um, in the 25 to 29 category um, and yeah I mean Jamie I think caught up with her at the weekend a little bit of a shock uh, I think it's fair to say to, to Megan herself it, sort of gone into it maybe with a, a bit of doubts about fitness and and uh, you know the level of competition there but um, came through to win by two minutes um, against her nearest rival and um, yeah a, a fantastic success story she's been um, for Guernsey Triathlon in the last few years. Well yeah I mean um, I was lucky enough to see Megan get a silver medal in Gibraltar which is sort of just over three years ago now and she she was only still sort of quite new on the scene then and her just she's just constant improvement she's just obviously very dedicated to what she does um, there's, there's certainly no ego about her she just enjoys doing it and she goes out and competes and just seems to get better and better I know when um, she qualified for the age group championships that that was quite a major thing in itself so to then go over to Abu Dhabi and win it um, it's just an astonishing achievement really and just it's great for her and great for the island yeah she obviously loves the sport and um, yeah sort of taken her I'm sure ready to, to sort of well parts of the world but to, to a stage that she didn't think she'd get mm. to so um, yeah huge congratulations to, to her and um, yeah looking forward to seeing her hopefully uh, yeah go one better than that island game silver um, on home soil uh, next summer Try not to put too much pressure yeah, we'll on, see, but we'll yeah. see. It'd be worth watching. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and a big well done as well to Andrea Nightingale, who continued her um, fantastic sort of run of form, albeit yeah. without the uh, the hindrance of uh, competitors getting in cars. Yeah, this this uh, the aqua bike. I suppose it, it prevents people getting in a in a car when they sort of start off in the sea. So um, she didn't have to contend with any of her rivals trying to cheat too much in that one. And um, yeah, she came out on top of her age group in that. So well done to Andrea. Yeah, great stuff for Guernsey Triathlon this week. It's also been a really exciting one for one of our leading golfers, Oli Chedham, who's been away um, competing in another very high-profile event um, down in Spain. Yeah, he um, Oli did extremely well to qualify for the Junior European Open Finals Week. He actually qualified pretty much just over a year ago. I think it's half term sort of uh, last year. Um, because of the pandemic, the actual finals week got postponed from February. But he went down to Spain um, last week. Um, is one of I think it was I think there was 117 sort of finishers. I think there was about 125 qualifiers to get through, and he finished in the top 35 on sort of two courses he'd never seen before. Um, pretty long by all accounts, and um, yeah, he absolutely loved the week. It was um, it was in association with Sky Sports, and they sort of very deliberately make it into a week for the for these young uh, guys and girls 
to make it out as if they're on tour for that week and it is, everything is really professionally done. They've got camera crews out there um, when they do their scoring at the end of their round, they're sort of the, you know, it goes straight up on the on the board right in front of them and it's, it's very professional. Um, Ollie was telling me that um, every round he played was over five hours and sort of like for someone who's used to going around Lancrest in probably just under three, that, that's something to get used to. But um, he actually said because of the quality of the competition and just... Um, everything about the week he said actually five hours flew by most of the time he had one sort of bad round where he's uh, where the wind was up a bit and he, he didn't play as well as he'd like but um, on the whole he was very pleased with how he performed especially when you consider what the weather's been like in Guernsey over the last few weeks you don't get much practice in around Lancrest at this time of year and obviously sort of maintenance and works going on and whatever so you've gone from Lancrest in sort of deep autumn entering uh, winter going to Spain in sort of 25, 26 degrees and and um, greens were running at sort of quicker than sort of 12 on the stint meter. And uh, it's quite a change for Ollie. And um, <laughs> to be fair to him, he, he was very pleased with how he played tees to green. He did say that the, the shots he lost were largely on the greens because they were so quick and he's just sort of not used to it. Um, he even suggested that they might have been almost too quick for some people. They wanted the scoring perhaps a bit lower, but uh, uh, no, it was a great week for him. He got to meet um, Nick Doherty as well from um, Sky Sports, who used to be um, used to be a, a very highly thought of player on the European Tour. I think he's won three European Tour events, and he's he's had a top ten at um, I think it was the U.S. Open. He certainly had a top ten in a major. So um, no, just a just a great week for Ollie. He deserves it for all certainly all the hard work he put in, especially last year when he got down to sort of plus three and managed to qualify for this uh, European Open finals week. Um, so it, I'm just really glad that he enjoyed his time out there and and he he played well as well. Yeah, sounds like an amazing um, learning experience, um, you know, but also in itself just a great experience to enjoy and savor and. Uh, uh, yeah, well deserved. You had to wait a bit for it, of course. Yeah, the great thing about Ollie is um, he obviously works very hard at his golf, but he, he is one of these people who he never gets too high or he never gets too low. He, he did have one bad round over there and he, he almost laughed it off. He said, oh, that's one of my worst scorers in years. And then sort of like the next day he goes out, he just makes sure he improves. And um, that's just how he is. Um, he also made the joke that he had his dad, Christoph, on the bag for him. And um, I, I said, how did you get on? And do you have any arguments? He goes, no, funnily enough, no. He started off saying he didn't get too angry with me. I didn't get too angry with him. And he said, there might be a potential of a, of a partnership there moving forward. But uh, we'll see how that one develops. Maybe that's a double act to look out for at next summer's Island Games then. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. I know Ollie's certainly now um, aiming to get in the, in the men's team for that. Yeah, yeah speaking of, that um we've had the team confirmed for the women's side of the um, the Guernsey golf um, outfit um Di Aitchison, Mary Bate Chloe Domal and Chloe Godey on the four who've been named by the Guernsey Golf Union um, for the Home Island Games um, next summer. What, what do you make of that, Gareth? A couple of very promising youngsters in there alongside a bit of experience too. Yeah, it's um, obviously been a great week for junior golf in Guernsey, really, with uh, both Chloe's uh, sort of both in, still in the junior ranks getting in that side. I mean, to be fair, the, the four that have been selected, it's not a big surprise. They've all played really well this season. Um, Di Hitchin is one of our most consistent performers. She's sort of been sort of one of our elite players for many years now she's been to Ireland Games before uh, Mary Bate was runner-up in the Ireland Championships this year um, I think this is her first playing experience with the Ireland Games she, she has been before as a caddy but um, it's good to see her make the side and yeah the two Chloe's just they're just continuing to improve all the time and um, I'm sure by the time the Ireland Games comes around next July they'll be um, fully prepared to um, give a good, good account of themselves over their home track it's obviously
obviously the ideal place to play an island game because in golf being what it is and how different courses are, um, home advantage should be quite a big thing. So fingers crossed we might have perhaps a medal prospect in the team there and maybe even a maybe even an individual medal. Yeah, I guess that counts even more so for the juniors. Um, you know, to, to get that experience, obviously it'll be a yeah, it's a very big event. There'll be a lot of um, a lot of stuff going on around the course and you know around the games, obviously. So um, to to sort of know that you've got that kind of in your back pocket, the the knowledge of, of where you're going to be playing, um, yeah, it's going to hopefully pay dividends. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the great thing with the the way junior golf has been going in Guernsey in, in recent times, recent years. Um, the girls have actually got quite a lot of off-island experience now with Hampshire and representing their, their county as well as Guernsey. I mean, they've also made their uh, full interinsular debut already. So although they're they're young in years, their experience is building all the time. So I, I don't think they'll be overawed by the experience. And I'm sure they'll be thoroughly looking forward to getting out there. Yeah, well, congratulations um, to those four. Um, and Diego uh, captaining the team and Veronica Bugle, um is the reserve. So um, yeah, a busy few months to start off next year. I'm sure getting ready for that. Um, well, let's leave it there for Part one coming up next, we're going to hear from Seb Prio. Welcome back. Uh, if you're not ready, do give us a follow or hit subscribe wherever you're getting your podcast to get every episode delivered um, straight to you every Thursday. Um, and while you're at it, give us a follow on social media at GSY Press Sport. It's the place to go on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Um, now, it has been a fantastically exciting year for Guernsey Racing driver Seb Prio. Um, you know, the latest in a, a long line of exciting years because we've been following his progress, haven't we, for so many years now and he's still so young. Um, but a first entry into the World Endurance Championship for him brought a debut at Le Mans and um, it also brought races uh, around the world in Japan in Bahrain where he's just finished up the season um, and I've seen him out and about on the bike in Guernsey a few times um, keeping his fitness up ahead of um, whatever's coming up for him next year and he dropped in on his bike actually um, to come and tell us about how he's found his first year in a world championship. Seb, great to see you again. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks, Tony, for having me. Always love coming in. Yeah, on your bike, in your yeah. Lycra, working hard. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, keeping fit in the off-season is always important. It's probably the most most important bit of actually training, really, to keep fit in the off-season because in the year you don't get much time to train as much. So, yeah, no, it's good to be, keep fit. Really good to see. Um, yeah, let's talk about the season as a whole then, because you've yeah. just sort of finished off um, with the uh, World Endurance Championship season, yeah. uh, finished in Bahrain. Just talk us through that final race. Yeah, that's a bit of an anti-climax, that one, to be honest, for us, because we quite didn't have the setup in the car. Um, just, I wouldn't say us, us as drivers underperformed. It just wasn't in the car that weekend for some reason. But, I mean, the whole year itself has been awesome. We, I think, yeah, if we could, we could have won the championship. We didn't, but... You know, we had a couple of good races at Sebring. We got, uh, we were going to have a podium for sure, but it got cut off early uh, due to weather. But we had, you know, win at Spa, win at Monza. Uh, a podium definitely at Le Mans for sure was on the cards. So we would have had a, a good chance at the championship. But unfortunately, you know, that's life. Um, you, lose, you lose some points. But this year has been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And talk us through... Well, I suppose what it's been like for you um, to be part of what is a massive championship, as you say, first drive at Le Mans, we can talk a bit more about yeah. that in detail. But just just to be, uh, you know, now, I, I, you know, I know you, we've been following your progress for years here in Guernsey, yeah. of course, um, but to get to that stage where you're you're kind of you're on a big circuit and you're in a big championship, what's that been like? Yeah, I remember sitting here at the start of this year, actually talking to you about Le Mans. Um, I've done it. And I mean, the first lap there was put all my hairs up. And that track is special, like, you go down the Monsan straight and it's different. You know, it's not it's not like it is on TV. It's big, it's open, it's fast. Um, yeah, it's, it's a crazy race. I mean, like it, that race, is everyone wants to win it, even F1 drivers. So like, you know, you look at it as this huge race and it is. 
it's it's a i remember after the race i was done for days i i I was so tired it was it's so draining the whole week you know it's not just the 24 hours as we've spoken before it's the two weeks build up of the race is scary but that race um is a race i will never forget my first time you know we had a podium in the bag um but yeah i'll never forget it lamore chooses its its winners and it's tough so yeah yeah, I was lucky enough to to get out there and, and watch you first first time I've been at Le Mans. Um, and, you know, speaking to you beforehand, obviously there was a real, you know, there's a buzz, a real spring in your step. Yeah. Talking to you afterwards, uh, I think I said at the time, I don't think I've ever seen um, anyone uh, as a group of people, you, uh, your co-driver, Harry Tinknell, you know, a, a sports people as sort of yeah. absolutely wiped out by it as uh, as that i mean it, it, yeah what it takes out of you must be uh, must be unreal there's a lot of emotion especially after the race i mean i finished the stint uh i finished the race which is an honor but it was a two hour basically half stint because i was in the car and we broke the car so it was draining you know i was i remember stopping the car uh after the race basically you finish the race and you you do a slow lap when everyone's on everyone runs onto the track i mean even the marshals waving the flags but that lap i was so tired so tired just to get it back to the pits i was i was just aching and i remember getting out and all my ears were just ringing because the noise and i i just i sat down and thought oh that was that 24 hours is tough it's grueling it's it just takes it out of you it's more than you think like you know it's the it's the thinking before the race it's during the stint you do not want to mess up you know it's, it's millions of pounds on the line you know so everyone's watching you know so it's it's a tough race it's it's hard and it's my it was my first time so I'm extra extra nervous in the in the dark you know it's a lot that happens you know it's a fucking hard race so, yeah <laughs> I mean yeah what, what's it kind of like um sort of mentally I mean obviously you, you thought about it before and I'm sure lots and you, you put all the preparation in um but but I mean do you get any moments in the cars you say at night to to actually sort of take in what's happening or are you just kind of are you switched on the whole time I'm switched on the whole time but I do remember one thing that I do remember was coming out the pit lane in the dark for the first time and the amount of cameras not that I was seeing but just flashing because there were so many people there and they just they love it the photos like I mean you can even see that in the car there was loads and loads of photos being taken that's the only thing I do remember one time coming out of the pits but it's you don't really know any fans there really um, you know in the dark you're just focusing on the track I mean everything comes so much quicker to you and it's so dark around the back down the Monsanto straight Monsanto 1 Monsanto 2 those corners are so dark especially in Indianapolis around the back of the track it's such a fast corner. I mean, you've got a radar, like camera in the, in the car, so it does tell me if there's a faster car and how fast it's approaching, how many meters it's back. So you've got good view, but, you know, it's, it is hard. It's fast. Um, and I do remember one of the laps, it was towards the end of the race, but the amount of fans coming towards the end there, like, it's different. You know, it's, it's a race that you just don't forget. Yeah, as you say, I, I, yeah, walking around the course, I couldn't believe the number of people taking photos of it. It's, it's like the world's biggest photography uh, assignment. Like yeah. everyone's got a massive lens. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and it's, a, it's an amazingly photogenic thing. Um, but yeah, so now sort of reflecting on it sort of towards the end of the year, the fact that you've done that, you've got it you know, yeah. under your belt, you've got your first one. How much... Um, sort of desire is it fired in you to, to do more and more of that? Yeah, I, I want to do Lamar again. That that track is, is awesome. It's just the atmosphere. Um, the track, it's not a hard car, a hard track to, to learn, um, but it's hard to be quick there. There's tricks. You can learn it because, you know, it's, it's a very straight track, but it's so fast. It takes a lot of build up because it's a 14 kilometer lap and you can lose a second quite easy. Like, and you, you're not, you have to be slow. It's just the, the distance, you know? Um, you know, two tenths here, two tenths there. That's four tenths, and that's just two corners. You know, so it's a it's a hard track to learn. 
Um, and I, I mean, the Porsche was really quick this year. And I mean, I personally think we could have won that race this year, but we didn't. We, we met the unfortunately had some finger trouble with with our car, um, and it just that just happened. You know, two hours to go. That's Le Mans. So luckily, I got to finish the race. But I mean, mentally, like you said, I mean. Like, it's a tough race. I mean, my eyes are red. Um, I just went back to the RV after the race and just slept. Uh, I just remember that. I just remember pins and needles in my hands just from the shaking the wheel. Um, I did like nine hours in the car. So it's just it's just horrible, horrible uh, fitness. You you know, you can't sort of train for, really. It's, it's <laughs> weird that you can't train for it. No? I mean, it's bad enough getting off the boat, you know, in the car in England and, and you know, doing sort of two or three hours <laughs> up to wherever it is. And, you know, you've got a service station to pull into whenever you want. But... Um, yeah, when you've got to do that for nine hours at whatever, whatever it is, 150 mile an hour? 100, and 190, faster, 190, yeah. With, it, yeah, yeah. with all the pressure, yeah, it's, it, it's insane. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it's an eye-opener for me, for sure. But my dad helped me a lot during the, you know, the build-up to it because he's done it, I don't know, six, seven times. So, you know, he knows how hard it is and he's nearly won it. So it, I want to I win it, I do, but it's going to take time. What was the conversation like with him afterwards? What, what did he say? Yeah, my dad. My dad was incredibly proud of what I did, and, and, I, and I was too. But I mean, it's I've always wanted to to finish on the podium because to look down on the podium, you know, with all those people there would have been oh, would have been special for me. But yeah, it makes me even more eager to get a podium next year. Hopefully, if I'm doing it, I'm not sure yet, but I'm, I'm sure. I mean, my boss said great performance. He said phenomenal drive at the Moss. So, like, I I was happy with how it went. Yeah, I was really, really proud. Yeah, you're right to be, for sure. Um, and looking back on the season as a whole, um, compared to what you've done before, the races are quite sort of few and far between, aren't they? There's six or seven in the calendar um, all over the world. What's it been? What's the sort of journey been like for you? Have you, have you learned a lot about yourself? Yeah, correct. I mean, correct. There's not many races this year. Unfortunately, WEC is like that. But for me, it does give me a little time to relax and rest before the races and train. But normally I like to keep a bit more busy. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I flew to Japan. We had two flyaways, but, um, Japan, Bahrain. And I just remember Fuji, the flight. I mean, it's 15 hours there, 17 hours on the way back. I mean, like, it's crazy. But <laughs> it was great to be out there. I mean, I've never raced out in Japan. Um, and my dad's been out there. I do love Japan. Tokyo was awesome. And it's good just to travel the world. Like, um, when you race in America, it is just in America, even though that is pretty much a, a world because it's so big. But <laughs> it's it's nice to go different places and see different cultures and stuff. But I've learned so much this year. It's made me mature as a driver. Um, and I'm still learning, of course. But, like, yeah, to do a world championship, to have that under my belt. Um, between, well, I've literally just going to become a member of the BRDC. So I've qualified for that, which is awesome. So that's, you know, Sir Lewis Hamilton's on there, my dad. People like that, uh, you know, are on that. So, it's, so that's, the, that's the racing club. Yeah, racing club. And there's only 800, 800 members. So, you know, it's, it's a privilege to be on that. On that. So I'm still a superstar, um, BRDC superstar, which is great. So, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm loving life at the moment. What do you do on the plane when you've got to fly out to Japan or Bahrain and you've got all that time? I mean, is it just kind of watching some Netflix or do you have to, are you looking at the, the track data? Are you kind of having to put in some work? Yeah, I mean, I, I normally tend to, to rest a bit, watch watch some Netflix and stuff, and I actually was able to fa um, FaceTime my, my girlfriend on the plane, <laughs> which never really happens. But it was on I was on Air Japan, so that it's pretty good airline actually. Um, but yeah, just 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 do that really. I do look at some onboards, but I like to rest my mind a bit. I do remember like losing a whole day when I was I left at like 
morning or something, or I think it was morning in Japan or something, uh, in, in England, and it was like the whole afternoon in Japan, but the other, the next day. So it was like, <laughs> where did that yeah, go? I was like, that's crazy. But yeah, it's Japan, Tokyo. I, I definitely recommend going. Uh, on the list, we'll have to yeah. wait till Orini uh, gets some Wi-Fi as well. <laughs> Might be a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, in terms of like the the World Endurance Championship itself, um, you know, there's a lot going on there. You're looking ahead to Le Mans next year. There's some big developments in, in that side of the sport, isn't there? I mean, just yeah. tell us about that and and how exciting it is to be involved in that area of racing right now. Yeah, I mean, racing is I think because of Netflix F1, uh, it's becoming a big top motorsport. Uh, F1 is a bit more than sports cars unfortunately but racing in general is actually becoming quite a bit more in the spotlight which is good but I'm not sure how long for but it is good to have more people looking at it and I mean Le Mans always been a big big race right but in the future I mean GT3 in, in two years time is going to be big because there's a lot more manufacturers it's a lower cost for the cars um, it is GT3 it's not GTE GT is quite a bit different of a car same same GT car, but more aero um, and just more money, more more money it costs to, to build the car. So the GT3 is a lot more affordable for most people. Still, you know, stupid money, but, you know, better for, for people to drive. And it's an AM series and a pro. So it's it's a bit different. I'm, I'm looking forward to hypercar. That's where I want to be at, really. But definitely GT3 first. But hypercar looks really cool. There's Ferrari in it and Porsche and big, big manufacturers like that. So motorsports definitely having a big big upscale i'd say it's, it's getting better and who do you go to for advice you know obviously you've got an amazing resource right there you know in the shape of your dad is he your biggest mentor or the other people you know has he suggested you go speak to other people as well i actually just met up with dan Gilmate. you know i don't know if you know dan is a lovely guy actually was cycling just before um ian potter actually i train with which is a personal trainer um he helps me a lot um but yeah dan on the sports commission as well he's he's always helped me out so there's got a couple of good guys there for sure. Of course, my dad, basically my manager, he's great. Um, and my family, my mum, you know, my sister, everyone. So, you know, it's not just people training me. I've got to have a good family behind me. But, we're, you know, I can't thank uh, you know, enough for Guernsey as well, the support that Guernsey bring me um, as well. Without them, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. So, yeah, it's great to, to be to doing the Guernsey proud. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of good sportsmen as well on the island. So, yeah. Yeah, and you're right amongst them. Um, Thank you. Uh, well, Seb, thanks very much for coming in. You're, you're not quite done for the year because I know you're off uh, to do a bit of testing in America before Christmas. Um, but yeah, it's been a pleasure to see how you got on this this uh, season. And um, yeah, I think everyone in Guernsey will be looking forward to, to seeing how you get on next year and beyond. Thanks, Tony. Great to be in. Thank you. Seb Prio speaking to me there. And I understand he's all lined up for next season, contracts signed, um, but still under wraps in terms of exactly what he's going to be doing. So we'll uh, wait to find out um, what and where he's going to be racing in 2023. But I'm sure um, it's going to be another busy one for him. Um, bit closer to home then, Gareth. Uh, let's look ahead to what's going on this weekend. And um, yeah, final home outing of the season for Guernsey Raiders on Saturday. Yeah, they're, they're coming off the back of their first away win of the season. It was a really good win at Rochford last week. They were... Um, they were level at half time. I think it's twenty-one all at Rochford, and they went on to win forty points to twenty-six. So that was a real confidence boost for Raiders because they are sort of struggling in terms of numbers at the moment. They're, they're missing a lot of people. There's been a lot of injuries they've had to cope with. Um, but um, no, that was a that was a really good win, and they're now uh, hosting Canterbury this weekend as part of a double header. St Jacks are at home as well this weekend, so they're um, starting at twelve, and then the Raiders uh, follow on at three o'clock at Foots Lane on Saturday. Uh, Canterbury would be another big test. Obviously, it's a, it's a big city, Canterbury, so th- there'll be a, a strong outfit. Um, 
I know Raiders, they are welcoming a couple of people back, but they're also missing other people who got injured last week as well. So it's a, it's a bit of a, a roundabout at the moment for Jordan Reynolds. But um, uh, when I sort of mentioned to him it, it being the last home game of the year, does that make a make it a big thing? And he, was, he basically said no. <laughs> <laughs> he, he said, well, that's not what we're really concentrating on. They, they want, they're basically they're looking at a bigger pitch and they, they want to climb the table. They're... They're looking over the next sort of two or three games before uh, the Christmas break. And if they get the results they want from there, they could be sort of in the top eight by Christmas if things go their way. So um, that's sort of like their ambition. Whether they achieve that or not, perhaps goes again to the, the injury list, which is a bit unfortunate. But um, uh, they'll certainly look to sign off at home with a win. And if they do that, I think they are capable of climbing one place this, this week. And then they're away at Bury St Edmunds next week, who are only just sort of above them in the table as well. So um, it's a it's a big couple of weeks for Raiders, but um, they'll certainly be looking to uh, have a home a, a good home crowd for their their final game of the year at Foots Lane on Saturday. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people who want to go down and, and see that. Um, I was casting my back over the results this season. It's amazing how close so many of their games have been. And yeah, I, th- I think last week's win at Rochford perhaps taught them the lesson of to actually start quite quick because I know Raiders actually scored the first couple of tries. I think at Rochford, they ended up winning the game. Um, last couple of home games, they've decided to give themselves a mountain to climb by being sort of substantially behind after 25 minutes, and they have managed to mount comebacks. Uh, obviously, they they went and beat Worthing in a in an absolute cracker of a game. Um, the Seven Oaks game um, last time out finished in that horrible last gasp, um, equalising try, as it were, for the for the visitors when uh, they had to drop out underneath their own posts and went all the whole length of the pitch to score. Um, Following enough, Jordan Reynolds sort of mentioned me today that there's still some lingering feelings in the Guernsey camp about that particular result. He, he said it's not uh, it's not really weighing on their backs particularly, but they they're being spurred on just because of that moment to to not let it happen again this week. So um, yeah, hopefully they can sign off for 2022 at home with a with a win. Yeah, we'll see. Three o'clock kickoff that one. Um, anything else to be aware of this weekend? Um, apart from uh, some more important football games with the uh, Prio League ongoing, um, it's also the final motocross of the season on, on the weekend as well. And tomorrow night is the finals of the Island Badminton Championships um, at the Rohays. So, uh, yeah, I think there's going to be some new champions crowned because uh, Paul Latoc's not involved. And um, so there, there will be... Um, new names on the trophy this year mm. yeah cool well uh, plenty going on this weekend as ever um, you'll be able to read about it in the pages of the Guernsey Press um, in more detail ahead of the weekend and um, full coverage of what's been going on as well obviously at the start of next week um, Gareth thanks very much enjoy whatever you're doing this weekend and well I'll be watching more cricket I thought in the mornings <laughs> and then I'll be at uh, Foots Lane on Saturday afternoon to hopefully watch Raiders win their final home game of the year <laughs> absolutely we'll see you down there and we'll see you next week cheers Tony cheers